Hello and welcome to All Villa No Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Well, Villa ended their three-game losing streak with a 2-0 win over Everton at Goodison Park. More on that in a sec. Plus, Frankie dishes up another one of his ultra-hot, spicy questions. First things first, Frankie, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm living in terror of a cocaine bear at the moment. Uh, everywhere I go, there seems to be posters for cocaine bear. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing that film. I love my schlocky B-movie nonsense. Uh, stuff like Tremors. You ever seen Tremors? I, I, you know what? I haven't, but I know, oh. I, know what, I, know what, I know what you're getting at with Tremors. Oh. Sort of that B-movie that vibe. Believe me, when I was a kid and I watched that, which my dad made me watch when I was about eight because he loved that film, I didn't go in the garden for about three years. That's what. That's why I didn't make it as a footballer. I was like, that's what. That's my excuse. I was scared of the the worms, so I stopped playing for a few years. Uh, that's that's my uh, elaborate excuse. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I'm just looking forward to seeing Cocaine Bear eventually. Sixty five, another one as well. It looks quite interesting with Adam yeah, Driver and yeah. some dinosaurs. But uh, but yeah, I'm a uh, Cocaine. But I'm trying to think like if you were to do a series, like what what other animals do you think would make like good like Cocaine Bear style movie like. Oh man, that is a good question. Oh. Your your cat, I think it oh, is actually, cocaine yeah. cat. Actually, that, that's that's not a bad shout. Actually, yeah. No, my 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 cat, my cat is um is uh, is Satan. I think yes. I think it's Satan. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've never so seen a cat like it. It's it's, no, just... it's it's incredible. Yeah, no. Um, our, our mutual friend Dan came around yesterday, and uh, he was terrified. Um, he locked eyes. Yeah. Uh, with Mabel and uh, and he almost ran screaming from the house almost as yes. soon as he walked in through the door. Um, Which is why I, why I moved away from Cardiff. I was so terrified by your cat. <laughs> There's a quarantine zone around my house um, <laughs> where people normally can't come in. She kind of she she does tend to respond to us because we're the ones that feed her, and ultimately that's yeah. that's that's the level of respect she has for us. It's only we sustain her life, so she kind of gives us that grace. But um, yeah. to any visitors or you know people that come close, she's just awful, awful. And we've yeah. actually got we've actually got two. So our neighbours, they own a cat on both sides. Mm. So we've got like a bit, there's like a big uh, black cat that lives next door, one side, a big grey cat that lives next door on the other. And it's just every night you just hear them scrapping. It's it's <laughs> like, it's like, it's, it's like some horror, it's like Verdun. It's like yeah. some <laughs> battle going on outside um, every single night between Mabel yeah, she, and, uh, and the other cats. She's terrifying. Honestly, like a quarantine zone. It's like the last of us at your, your house. Just like everyone, <laughs> keep away. She's going to be the sequel to Cocaine Bear. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, speaking of speaking of terrifying things, Frankie, it has been a terrifying run of games for Villa, hasn't it? Three mm. games, yeah. three games, three defeats hasn't been great. But yesterday, different story. What did you make of it? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, really happy. Do you know, really happy with what I saw uh, at Goodison Park. For some reason, we just seem to have it over Everton, don't we? Mm. Does it feel like there's any other club? Like it always feels like when we play teams like like a West Ham, Arsenal. United, City, it always feels like, oh, they always beat us. Oh, we always yeah, New, lose to Newcastle have got into an annoying habit of beating us recently, I think. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It, particularly St. James's Park. So it, it sort of feels mm. a bit like um, there's other teams who have that hex over us. But for some reason, we really have it over Everton. Yeah. Uh, six wins in eight against them, four wins in four. They haven't beaten us in seven years. Um, they were the first team we beat back in the Premier League in that amazing 2-0 Friday night under the floodlight game. Yeah. Um, the height of summer. 
And uh, we just had some really good games against them recently, even back in the day when Mercer scored in the last minute from miles away. Yeah, yeah. Brian yeah. Little last minute goals in extra time in League Cup finals. Ashley Young's winner. So, yeah, yeah long, long may it continue. I hope they stay in the Premier League, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, Villa. So, first half yesterday, I, I think Villa started really well. Uh, Ollie Watkins obviously had that chance where Jordan Pickford, had, to be honest, very. Could have been a penalty. It was a watched it back actually. It was a real. It's an, it was a bit like that Van Dyke challenge. He's... A, a little bit, yeah. He, he's quite. He is quite. He is quite dangerous. I think Pickford. But I, I yeah. think looking looking back on it, it's it's a it's a dubious one. I know he sort of took out. It looked like he took out Watkins uh, after the ball was played, but he did get mm. a touch on the ball first. So I'm I'm yeah. sort of wavering towards thinking actually, I'll let that one go. But it's still it's still a, a wreck. It still felt looked like a like a reckless challenge to me. Yeah, he's like that annoying kid in school who just had too much sugar. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. They got, got Haribo star mix. You know, like every, we're going to share it in class, and bloody Jordan Pickford ate a lot of it. Hence why he's going so bloody mad all the time, like yeah. your cat. Yeah, but yeah. But look, so Villa, good start, and then, um, but then Everton, I think, physically exerted themselves somewhat in midfield. You know, mm. you got that midfield of kind of Iwobi, uh, Decore, Idrissa Gay, and uh, who was Anana it? was there. Anana, Anana was, yes. So. Yeah. Though I think they all kind of exerted themselves and um, were able to get the ball quite quickly out to Dwight McNeil, who I personally have never quite seen what the deal is with him when he was quite heavily mm. hyped at Burnley. I never really got it. But I think there were spells in the first half with him against Cash where one or two balls he put in were uh, dangerous. Uh, Anana nearly scored from one fantastic save from Emmy Martinez. And then kind of, but we survived it. You know, good character to survive that. Second half, second half came out. Um, and then it was again, it was the same thing where Villa were trying to play football. I think that's what you could say. In the first half, Villa were trying to play football and it wasn't necessarily working. There were some times where we were passing it out from the back and Everton were putting us under a lot of pressure and we were kind of loose passes or didn't look very confident about working it all the way up the pitch. So a lot of the time we weren't even getting close to the final third. Mm. Um, but Villa stuck to that. They didn't panic. They didn't start just lumping it long. Stuck to it, came out second half, kept the ball well. Then Everton exerted themselves again. Clearance off the line by uh, Tyra Mings, which was fantastic. I feel like he does one of them every game now. Um, yeah. I thought he played very well yesterday. But then Villa, again, we just got a five-minute spell where we played it around Everton. It kind of coincided when Buendia came on. Yeah. And then uh, we were patient, eventually worked the opening, John McGinn penalty, uh, Ollie Watkins goal, and then uh, second the second goal as well, um, Buendia again scoring. And again, it was through patient build-up play. And eventually that, that, that patience paid off, which mm. I was really glad to see. I was really glad to see that Villa didn't just panic and start belting it and giving it away. Because ultimately, if you start belting it away... Well, Tarkovsky and Conor Cody are going to sweep it up every single time. Mm. So um, we very much look like a team in transition is what I would say. And that we are working our way towards becoming a side that will be ever more comfortable on the ball. We're going to keep making mistakes at the moment, as we did against Leicester. Against Arsenal, we made a couple. And yes, against Everton, we looked a bit shaky. But we keep going, we keep improving, and Emery Ball hopefully will come good. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm really happy to see Villa's character, I think is how I would describe it. How, how would yeah. you look at it, Ball? Yeah, that's a good way to end it, Frankie, on, on your on your part. Yeah, character, definitely. It, it, it felt like... Um, very professional. It felt like we had a game plan, which was really mm. well executed. 
I think, you know, ultimately after conceding 11 goals in three games, keeping clean sheet was was really, really important. I mean, granted, uh, you know, two of the sides that we played in that um, in that spell were at the top two in the league. So I think that needs to be looked at as well in our in our favour. Uh, but yeah, keeping a clean sheet was, was really important. I thought first half, both teams were really scrappy. It felt like a really scrappy game. The ball wasn't really sticking uh, with anyone or, or, or anywhere. Uh, and I think yeah. whoever scored the first goal, um, would have had the momentum. I think the first goal was was key, um, and I think as you mentioned, uh, you know, Wendia and, and, and McGinn uh, played really well. But but it, I think it goes to show the, the strength of of the squad. You know, the fact that you know Bailey wasn't really at it today. Uh, he comes off, and 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 Wendia comes on, and and you know he was he was instrumental in them in. Uh, uh, in sort of helping us sort of get back into the game. And it's, it's great that, you know, Emery can look at the bench and there are genuine game changes there, which we haven't probably said for, for a while. So, so that was really good. And, and, and also another game where, you know, second half Emery makes the changes, which ultimately um, benefit us. I think sometimes we, we tend to, I think we started okay against Everton, but as the first half went on, they sort of grew into it, grew a bit more confident, had a, had a few decent chances, um, and looked the better team certainly but going into the break. Phys- physically exerted themselves is what I thought they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they made it uncomfortable for us with their press. Which yeah, I think is they, how you get it at the moment. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, everybody knows now that we start to play from the back, so they were getting at us whenever the ball was sort of played out from uh, from Martinez and Contra and Mings. They, you know, so a couple of times we did have to resort in hoofing the ball up the pitch. Um, but so they, you know, they did exert that press pretty well. Obviously, the midfield that you mentioned very physically. Um, uh, dominant and and you know more pay up front is a real you know is a bit of a handful as well, so um so yeah we had to sort of figure Everton out a little bit in that regard and 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 you know second half we we definitely controlled the game uh, more, you know we're sticking with this formation of uh, that four four two but a really narrow midfield four you know with McGinn yeah. and Ramsey really squeezing the middle of the pitch it's effectively I think, four it's like four centre midfielders isn't it yeah yeah exactly yeah. that's exactly what it is so um I think. Basically, second half as well. When maybe I think Everton were getting a bit leggy because obviously that you know they they're desperate for the points, aren't they? Given where they are on the table, mm. so you know I think I think they they started to get a little bit a little bit tired. I think obviously with with our substitutions, we, we had a we had a bit of a upsurge in in um, in stamina. Uh, you know, Ramsey obviously can run all day. McGinn can run all day, uh, and yeah, we just overloaded that midfield because they they obviously played the three in midfield, so there were pockets yeah. of space emerging in the second half, and, and we took full advantage. Uh, McGinn obviously bursting through into the penalty area, winning a, a penalty was a penalty. Uh, I know there was some sort of debate, but uh, uh, but Gay uh, clipped um, McGinn's uh, thigh uh, before he touched the ball, so that was a stonewall penalty. And, and Watkins scoring his fifth goal in five games and Amazing. a new Premier League record for, for Villa. I, know, I couldn't believe that. I, I completely yeah. overlooked that. I thought, I yeah, thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and considering it's him, of all of all people who we sort of lambasted on previous episodes for his finishing prowess not really being where we want it to be, but, you know, the stats, recent stats speak for themselves. You know, first oh, Villa yeah. player to score five consecutive Premier League uh, goals for us. So He's, he's been excellent since Unai Emery came in. Excellent since he really Unai has. Emery come in. And, and, and let's be honest, excellent since Ings has been shipped out. Yes, well, yeah. Um, liberated. So, yeah, liberated, yeah. So he's he's been he's been great. Um so uh so yeah, I think I think um I think it's a great reaction after losing three on the bounce. Uh, we needed we needed that win. 
uh, as I say, really professional performance. Mm. And we've got a run of games now where we can get points out of a couple of difficult ones. I mean, West Ham away, given that, you know, they, they, they played really well. Danny Ings playing really well for them. Oh, we all know um, what's up to there, don't we? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. But, but generally speaking, we've got Forest coming up. We've got Palace next game. Uh, you know, Leicester, I know they beat us, but they're, they're beatable. So yeah, you like to think over the next few games, we can, we can pick up a few more points and ultimately, you know, today's win is is helping us on the way to trying to get that top 10 finish at the very least. That's what we all want to see. And, mm. you know, we're still, you know, only a few points off Brighton in seventh, I think they are. So I know they've got a couple of games in hand, but yeah. it's still it's still very open. There's still a lot of games to play. And um, yeah, it was it was just a very good professional win yesterday. So really, really happy to see it. Yeah, completely. And I think, uh, I think, I think what I like is that the game plan, I think, was that Villa... We'll try and overwhelm uh, Everton by outplaying them on the deck. Uh, and in a way, it it came off because eventually, once Everton had sort of overexerted themselves around the 65th, 70th mark, where that press, you know, they're going to tie them out eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buendia coming in when those gaps are there makes a lot of sense. And it, it works perfectly, really. I thought, um, you know, Buendia's involvement for both goals um and I, I think it's worth noting as well you know we mentioned ollie watkins um two players that stood out for me i mean other than buendia obviously with his impact two players that stood out to me were watkins and mcginn and i think that mcginn now that he's liberated from not having to play in center midfield as the ball playing center midfielder that he seemingly had to be under steven gerrard that is not his strength he's not technically a kind of luka modric on the ball he's a hustler he does a lot of his best work comes off the ball but mm. event, but eventually kind of out on the wing or just off the striker. I think that really suits him. And uh, yesterday, you know, well, I think since Emery came in, and particularly since the World Cup break, I think that uh, McGinn has looked a bit leaner, a bit fitter, um, a bit just more proactive. I think it's. I think things are working out for him. And yesterday, you know, he's involved with both goals. Uh, Ollie Watkins, you know, if you were to say about Ollie Watkins, why is he not a regular in the England squad? You could probably say, or why is he not say, you know, at in the Champions League? I would say partly because there's two there's two issues. One is that sometimes he doesn't take the easy chance, right? So he can he can miss quite easy simple chances, but also sometimes his hold at play can be a bit a bit a bit hit and miss, right? You know, and a top striker, the, the get... first, yeah, the first touches sometimes let him down quite you know a few yeah. times. But I think recently he's looked much more confident with his hold at play. Mm. I think it's Everton the, the second goal. We all kind of. We're all we're focusing on McGinn's pass mm. when Deer taking out three Everton defenders and whacking it past Pickford. It was brilliant stuff from both of them. But it starts with a ball into Watkins' feet and laying it off to McGinn. And that's yeah. the kind of thing that I think, you know, in recent times, you'd have probably thought, well, Watkins, will it will it be a bad touch? Will it get away from McGinn? And he's looked much more confident at doing that recently and mm. against Everton as well you know you're playing against Tarkovsky and Cody two big physical behemoths who the hell wants to do that but he did that um and made it you know he he, he sort of really stood out I thought it was it was kind of everywhere and I think, I think definitely he's, he's all-round play has really mm. improved this year I think I think people over people look at I think people overlook how physical Watkins can be as well you know he's not he's not you know he's not a string bean is he like he's a he's a physically quite Quite yeah, a strong, strong bloke as well. You know, he, he yeah. can he can he can he can look after himself and against the likes of you know Tarkovsky and Cody's and you know the players like that. He can he can do that. He's he's a great he is a great all rounder. I, I would yeah. say, uh, and if he, he could only just improve 
I mean, obviously his finishing in the last few weeks speaks for itself, but generally speaking, if he can just sort of improve on his finishing and just develop it, you just need a few more tweaks. And, and hopefully Emery's the sort of manager that can, mm. can eke that, you know, that extra five, 10% out of him. Cause if they can, I think Villa have got a, a real player on his, on our hands really. And, um, you know, uh, we said earlier, obviously about who's the main man leading the line. And, and mm. I think, I think you know Watkins was doing uh, doing his thing under Smith before we signed um, before we signed Danny Ings and and we were hoping after that season where you know he, he scored I can't remember anything was like fourteen about four yeah it's about that yeah. you know we thought obviously then that season afterwards he was going to push on but it seems he sort of regressed a little bit I think I maybe signing it... Ings knocked his yeah. confidence or um, he didn't really know where he fit into it didn't really get a run of games in that sort of one position that he wanted to be in. Which inevitably is going to knock anybody's confidence, but now, but now he has. He's sort of getting back to those levels again, and mm. um, and yeah, I just hope he sort of continues it and uh, and uh, you know progresses as well because he's got every chance of getting back into the England team now, particularly you know given the run he's been on. Yeah, it's obviously very difficult to shift Harry Kane as as the as the number nine in the squad, but certainly to be to be in or, in and around that squad. He's got a real chance, hasn't he? So yeah, yeah for sure. I think him and Buendia both have to aim for international football, and that comes from consistency because they both have the individual ability to be in the Argentina and the England teams. Mm. But if they but if they want to be in them, they have to be consistent, and that's what I'd say. Particularly Watkins right now is really showing. Um, you know, five and five, and like you look at Crystal Palace next week, you wouldn't bet against him to, as Ron Saunders would say, you wouldn't bet against us, would you? But uh, but I think um, as well, you know, I thought. Another player that's kind of I, I, I liked was Ramsey. Um, he's he's not he's been a bit in and out of the team recently, but mm. first half when Everton were putting us un, under a lot of pressure, Ramsey was the one who I thought kept his head together, and he was kind of taking up positions a little bit further ahead of the other midfield uh, in the midfield four, three others in midfield. Ramsey kind of in between the striker and the other midfielders, mm-hmm. getting the ball on the half turn and causing Everton a few headaches. And I think even when Everton were in the ascendancy in the first half, he was still doing that. Mm. And I think that overall in the entire game, he gave Everton a lot to think about. And I think what I liked as well by Emery, we've talked about previous managers not making the right substitutions at the right time. Emery made the exact right substitutions at the right time. I mean, it was so blindingly obvious that the two players to take off were Luca Dean and Leon Bailey because the two of them have not really been, well, Bailey's a bit, he's, he's all over the place with his form. You know, one game he looks like bloody Champions League level. The next two games, you, you're wondering what, what he's at. Mm. Luca Dean, I think, uh, I don't know whether the Moreno signing has sort of, sort of thrown him off a bit. Um, I thought he struggled a little bit yesterday, particularly with our uh, ball playing uh, style. Although he did put in a really great cross to Ollie Watkins, who and that was Pickford's amazing save. Um, but I think yeah, the two of them uh, there'll be ones to watch. I think before the end of the season to think will Unai Emery see a long term future for them? I think there's a few players you're probably thinking right now. Okay, I can understand why we signed Moreno and why maybe we've been linked with Nico Williams at uh, uh, Athletic Bilbao. Um, but yeah, um, overall, I think, you know, the game plan could have, it could have gone wrong. You know, Nana's goal could have gone in, but a great save from Emi Martinez, which is why it's good to have probably one of the best, well, is he the best goalkeeper in the world? Possibly. Um, and, uh, it, you know, the clearance off the line by Mings, you know, but sometimes you make your own luck. And I think with Everton, um do you, think, do you think they're going to go down? Um, they they obviously lack a striker. They need they need Calvert Lewin to come back. Um, 
that's where their problem lies, really. I, it's, it's, it's a real dogfight down there at the moment, isn't it? Um, mm. I don't want to turn this into an Everton podcast, really, but um, thank, thank, thank God we're not involved in it. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, that's, 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 that's as, as far as I'm concerned, that's the main thing. But, um, but yeah, they just, they, yeah, they, 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 th- they did threaten in parts yesterday. Um, you know, I think their home form is, is really, really important. I think they need to try and eke out wins there that's if they can. Um, yeah. But yeah, they just, they just lack sort of clinical edge and and to be honest i think as the game grew on it sort of our quality really started to tell yeah as i said we, we had the options off the bench um to to, to make the difference and, and you know ultimately they didn't so you know we're, we're we're two teams going in very different directions and it i think it was quite clear to see that particularly in the second half yeah and i think it was important to get that win because you know if villa had lost four in a row it would have been another one of them kind of like oh bloody hell like why do villa keep going on these losing streaks you know, like pre, you know, I think we lost five under in a row under at the end of Dean Smith's so Dean's uh, reign, and I think under Gerard as well. We were on a was it four game, three game losing streak there before before he left. So I think um, uh, it was good to end that losing run, um, and uh, then you know get up to thirty one points. Because if Everton had won, we'd be on 28, they'd be on 24. Suddenly you start looking over your shoulder again. It just liberates us to be like, right, okay, we can now continue, you know, trying to learn Emery's style. It gives us a bit more freedom and comfort and basically to aim into the top half of the table. And look, Brighton, they have a few games in hand. They're in seventh place, but they're only four points ahead. So why can't Villa aim for where they are and say, you know what, we can, we're going to chase down a... Uh, Alexis McAllister and his uh, cohort of uh, well-assembled um, midfielders and attackers. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it's time for this. George and I might be on the brink of our latest fallout. It happens every week in this, the spicy question. And today, George, I ask you, Leon Bailey and Emi Buendia, are they impact players? And if you had to sell one, who would it be? Well, yeah, I, I think I think both of them can be can be very impactful off the bench. You know, mm-hmm. Bailey's got that that pace uh, and and power about him, and he's very direct. I think yeah. he has the ability to get sort of fans off their seat. Um, you know, sometimes he does things. You just think, "Wow, this guy's a, a, a you know Champions League level player," as as you were saying earlier. But equally, sometimes he can really, really go missing. Um, and I think we saw that yesterday. And obviously, Buendia comes on, and 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 he was really impactful and did did um, did some some great things uh, for us in the sort of the closing minutes of the game. Scored a great goal, and and um, and uh, and and worked 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 really well with the, with the team when he came on the pitch. It's it's hard, you know. Like sometimes you you know, particularly early the season under Gerard when Buendia wasn't playing, mm. um, loads of Villa fans were calling on Buendia to start games. But then he would start games, and you'd think, oh, actually, you know, why is he not grabbing this opportunity uh, by the by the horns? Um, I think he sort of almost sort of struggles from the start of games. So it's 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 difficult. I mean, I think I think if I had to if I had to sell one of them, I'd probably be leaning towards Leon Bailey. It pains me to say it because um, I, I really like him. I think I, I like him as a as a person. He's got real character. You know, we saw when he missed that chance against Wolves, he, he was he was distraught, wasn't he? He was mm. sort of crying on the pitch and had to almost be carried off by uh, by Ollie Watkins in the end because um, I think it doesn't matter to him. Um, 
But uh, I think I think he of the two, I think he's probably the more inconsistent, the more frustrating player, mm. the one that can go missing uh, more frequently than Buendia. And I think Buendia has a bit more has a bit more about him. I think he's got more more tools in his arsenal. I think it's fair to say, mm-hmm. you know, for, for for someone who's so slight and small, he's he's great in the air. You can play him centrally. You can play him, um, uh, uh, you know, on the wing. Uh, as he did for Norwich, he was he was very very he was, he was a great player for them on the on the left. I mm-hmm. think even you could play him as almost like a bit of a quarterback player further back. I mean, we saw in a few games in preseason um, him playing sort of uh, in in the sort of a deep lying midfielder role, um, mm-hmm. spraying balls forward. So I think that he's got he's got more strings to his bow. There's more about Emi Wendia than than Bailey. I think Bailey's Bailey's a bit more direct. And I think in recent weeks, Emery has said we're still trying to find a position for Leon Bailey. You know, is it partnering Watkins up front? Is it is it playing him on the wing? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think even Emery is starting to kind of think, well, you know, where do I play this guy? And he feels much more of a luxury than Wendia. So I I would say they both need to improve. I think that to be honest, they both need to improve um, when they start games. But uh, I think if I was going to keep one, it would be Buendia over Bailey. What do you think? Yeah, I think I'd keep Buendia over Bailey as well. I think I I, I I think you could see Leon Bailey's impact against Arsenal. So he came on as a substitute against them, hit the crossbar, uh, had a couple of moments where when Zinchenko progressed forward, there was that gap on the on the left hand side of Arsenal's defence. Bailey mm. was able to get into Yonderan did the same, um, and you could. Uh, there, there are games where Bailey, I think sometimes it sort of depends on his first touch in the game. If his first touch is good in a game, then he'll he'll be excellent all game. Like against Man United when we won three one, you know, I was in the stadium for that, and I thought he was brilliant. And he got an early goal, and every time the ball came into his feet, he held it up well. He just looked like really at it. Mm. But then there's. He just feels like a bit of one of them sort of like one in three players. And if you look at Bukayo Saka, you know, at Arsenal, I think he's a really good comparison because he plays a similar sort of position and role to Leon Bailey. And Saka, every single time he gets the ball, you just feel like he's going to do the right thing. Almost Mm. every time. Every game is productive. And that's what separates, you know, a player from being a Champions League top, top, level player and a Bailey where he can be that but only once every three or four games and Mm. so I think that's I I can't imagine that I think Unai Emery he starts him a lot I think Emery likes his versatility that he can't and and his but he but also I think he probably sees Bailey as the only player with the dynamic that he has that kind of pace Mm. um, and skill which is why I think he does want Nico Williams. I think that's a link that won't go away. I think there's truth to it. I think they're from legitimate sources. So I, I do think there's a there's a player of that profile that maybe uh, Uno Emery would like someone who's more consistent than Bailey. Um, as I say, I like him. I like his character. I like you know I like the way he obviously cares. But you just you sometimes just look at it and think, ah, oh, just if he could just be more consistent. And the in a way with Buendia, I think he is. Um, he is an impact player. I would love to see Buendia playing for a Real Madrid or an Argentina with a team that is always in control of the ball or for the majority of the game in control of the ball and just see how he plays for them. And well, that's, whether... I mean, obviously that, that's what Emery wants to see from Villa, isn't it? He wants to see yeah. us control the, control the ball much more, which would obviously lend, you know, play into Buendia's hands. We're just, we're just 
not not there yet. Yeah, and I think you could see against Everton. You know, Everton. You he he was really good. He had he was completely involved with both goals, scored one, um, caused Everton a load of headaches. But there was a spell at the start when he came on where about three passes went wayward and put us in trouble. Mm. And every game, I feel like when I watch him, he he'll he'll do something excellent and really physically exert himself as somebody who is you know quite diminutive. But then he'll do a kind of a a a, a pass to kind of. That in his, I think in his head it seems smart like a back heel, but ultimately it's kind of like it's quite hard for the Villa player to get to it, or it's easier for the opponents to get to it, or it's sort of is a bit directionless. Mm. And I think that's where you could criticize Buendia, where you say, "Look, you have the talent to be an Argentina international. You, if you want to be in the Argentina national team, which is what you have to aim for, you've got to be more consistent." Now, as I say. Maybe if he was playing for a team that's in possession of the ball more often than Aston Villa are, or more attacking than Villa are on the front foot than we are, uh, then maybe we'd see him uh, really at his peak. Mm. Um, but at the moment, uh, I think uh, I think he's more consistent than Bailey. Uh, and so obviously, I, and I, I think Wendy is an excellent player. I really do. I think he's an important player for us going forward. Um, you know, in the next few years, but uh, but yeah, I think it'd be it'd be great if we could just see a little bit more consistency from him as well. Um, and I think you know, then I think he'd be a, you know, he has started I think twelve games in a row before Everton. Um, but uh, you know, I think if he, if he's somebody that's you know, if we make a few signings this summer, if Wendy is going to be starting games regularly, he's just going to be slightly more consistent. I think, which a few people might be screaming at the at the. Listening to this, I'm talking rubbish, but yeah, I think I think he's capable of more than he shows um, because I think he's a really talented player. That's how I would put it. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host George Zelinsky. Frankie, I will catch you later. Catch you a bit, George. Up the villa, up the villa, and it's goodbye from me too. We'll be back again to review the Crystal Palace game, but until then, come on, Super Aston Villa. Mm-hmm.